0: King's Gothamites and welcome to episode 92, the countdown to 100 is getting closer, of I Am The Night, the weekly show where we break down every episode of Batman the Animated Series. This week it's Mean Seasons, season 3, episode 13 and uh, people who are watching us may see that once again Adam, my usual partner in crime, is still in Bloodhaven, he's managed to stop Deathstroke, but Heartless is still out there. So with me tonight, instead, I have the king of cool, the man who knows more about superheroes than just about anywhere else on earth, particularly when it comes to what they look like, the king of fashion, Mr. Brad Filicki. Welcome, sir.
1: Hey, welcome. And I'm glad to be here.
0: And And hopefully not your your first... Yeah, hopefully not your last. I want you to be on this show a lot. Obviously, with Adam being busier with his work and stuff like that, it's a, it's a cool thing. So here we are talking about Mean Seasons, a very different episode. Give us your first thoughts. It's written by, um, story by Rich Fogel, script by Hilary Bader, and directed by Hiroyuki Adiyama. What did you make of the show?
1: I really enjoyed it. I I really liked the kind of twist on the calendar man character instead of calendar man calendar girl and uh, i thought that was a really uh interesting spin i liked the the character design uh and a scene that i'm sure we'll talk about with the agent uh, that scene seemed very kind of ahead of its time more, more prophetic in how it portrayed hollywood and uh yeah oh, and I, had, yes. I really also enjoyed the little montage of uh TV shows coming up on uh the GWB, <laughs> which was really funny as well. Um but yeah and I, I actually wanted to ask you since you're the you know the resident Batman expert what uh has that calendar girl ever been in the comics since the uh since this episode because it this seemed like it was an original character. For the See, I'm really
0: right. glad you asked because, as you know, this is my first time watching any of season three. I'm, I'm brand new to the final season, and I found this character fascinating. I thought, but she does seem familiar. So, has she appeared in further epi- issues of what, any of the Batman Adventures comics? Now, I do own every single one, so I am actually going to pull them out and look. But right now, I'm actually I don't I'm not sure. And if she isn't, it's a shame because I think the character's got a lot, a lot of legs. They could do so much with oh, her. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm surprised that that they have it.
0: Especially they may since, have. you know
1: like yeah, you know with the comics there's so much they can do. They're not bound by anything, so why not bring these characters back? So yeah, I think that would be yeah, I'd be interested to see them do that in the comics for sure.
0: Absolutely. Do you not find as well that her character, she's a a former actress and model named Paige Monroe who's out for vengeance on the people that she feels destroyed her career and her life, but do you not find that Again, for a TV show aimed at a family audience, the psychology, the issues, and like you said, the whole scene with the agent is so me too, but done in the 90s. It's, it's prophetic, it's real, and still so valid even today. Oh, yeah.
1: I think maybe that's one of the reasons why this series still resonates so much. You know, when before we started recording, we talked a little bit about the blu ray collection and i remember when that was announced how it blew up the internet how everybody was excited and uh, I, was. I think this series yeah and I and i think this series is one of those things that got a lot of people into comics that are professionals in the industry now this was kind of like their gateway and it's reasons like um this character and what happens to her and I won't give it away right now but what happens to her at the end when kind of the big twist is revealed at the end of the episode it it gives it, it it's it, it almost felt like a like a greek story like a greek Absolutely. i want to say tragedy but like greek tragedy like, yeah like, yeah I, I, it goes back to kind of what we we talk a lot about when we talk about sandman and the idea of comics as a literature and i felt like this show kind of was into that same same kind of territory in, in real ways, in a way that, like you said, is still family oriented. So it, it, it's good when they, uh, what's that saying from Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So they, you know, to, to give these lessons in uh, these really
0: fun ways. And what a lesson. I mean, we also talked briefly that about the baby doll character who had a similar arc, but slightly different in the fact that she had a physical disability that made her life difficult. And Callagirl's almost the complete opposite. She was beautiful in every way, shape or form, talented as a model, as an actress. She had her own sitcom. She was very successful. But we find by the end of the episode that her own downfall wasn't down to the people she kidnaps at the Ducks and tries to make pay. It's down to her own twisted, self-image and we see sadly every day people with anorexia and bulimia these eating disorders who have a skewed warped mirror image of themselves and don't see themselves the way the rest of the world sees them and it's heartbreaking but to tackle that in a 20-minute animated show is just brilliant
1: and it was a very interesting study of the pressures put on on women and This generally, especially back in the 90s, a show like this would definitely think, okay, we're going to get boys when they come home from school. So, again, it's like, let's give them a little lesson. Uh, Very, very well written, Um, you know, um, subtle yet very powerful and undeniable. There's not denying what the kind of moral of the story was in this episode uh, when, when, when it finally plays out.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Rich Vogel, we know, is, is a mainstay. He's been part of the Batman animated series since day one. But Hilary J. Bader came in for this season and for the in-between comics between season two and season three, Batman Adventures of the Lost Years, which shows Dick Grayson leaving the back cave and becoming Nightwing and learning new trades and new martial arts around the world. And it's brilliant that obviously we get the mainstay of Rich writing the plot, but Hillary writing the script as, as a female writer in Hollywood. And I think that's vitally important, don't you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As uh, This is, you know, they're dealing with their own, what their own experiences has been in that world. And. Also, going back to the fact that this was in the 90s, I think people in a comics world, they had, it wasn't so, it doesn't drive the culture then like it does now. You know, um, things like Comic-Con weren't as huge as they're now things like that. So I think it reflects that, a lot of reflection of that own struggle, too, with um, trying to make people understand these stories in a way that was um, really um,
0: not kid stuff. Well said. Absolutely. So the main plot, as we know, is um, Calendar Girl arrives. And this is wonderful. This is great inclusivity and diversity with her scantily clad beefcake henchmen, (laughs) who um, I'll call them Calendar Girl and the Bimbo Boys. Why not? Let's let's go down that road. And she abducts um, a uh a fashion announcer at a catwalk show um the head of gotham motors and who's the third guy again um her agent i think and say so, oh yes the guy who fired her from the sitcom who got the sitcom cancelled and blames them for her uh, misfortunes but over the course of the show she's a force to be reckoned with i mean i need to ask you i mean again i've got to pull out the comics and find out if she does appear again but is she a metahuman? Is it all stuff she learned when she was working in TV? Because some of her abilities look like magic, but then she also had the explosives and the gas bombs similar to Batman. I mean, that's why I think there's so much more they can do with the character.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, you know what? i That's a great point. I really didn't even think about that, you know, but that would be a great thing too. I could see, you know, now, now that we kind of have the continuation of the series in the comics, doing uh like a six issue arc on just how she had trained and gained her knowledge it seems like a a real treasure trove of stuff that they could buy that oh yeah i think i would i think i would too yeah i think think they if DC if you're listening i think that that, that'd be a good idea
0: (laughs) and if you don't have writers you've got two right here
1: yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, definitely (laughs) yeah call me up
0: (laughs) and if we if we can get ty templeton to draw it (laughs) wow sign me up um but yeah i mean like you said um but it's also this this episode does something really well um in in balancing the high action because this is a really action-packed batman on his toes um these hench guys are hench they're huge dudes and the fact that there's three of them and calendar girl against him and batgirl is is brilliant he's on his toes but then we also have the mental and psychological part of the story as well so this is just so much more than your average Saturday morning cartoon and we say it every week how could they keep this going because so far 13 episodes into a season that I was worried about because of the new designs I thought they've simplified everything is it going to get childlike there's yet to be a single bad episode of this show everything's been good great or fantastic
1: and it's a, uh, I think what the show does well is that it, um, I, I think its basis, its base was the Tim Burton, Batman world. Uh, the theme song is kind of reminiscent of, the, the Batman theme, and uh, like his kind of vision of Gotham City was kind of the basis of it. But within that, they really made it something its own, with the art deco design of the city and absolutely one thing about tim burton's batman is that it it felt kind of timeless and so does this series the the design of everything seems timeless and um i i i think that goes into making it so good and you were talking about oh you were scared about the redesign but I think even with the redesign, I think it turned out really good. And, and they really oh, knew how to tell. Yeah. And within that base that got people into it, um, they really are able to tell some really interesting Batman stories. And this episode um, really made me see how uh, they really knew what they were doing. They really knew how to tell a good Batman story, what a good Batman story entails, and how to make it look. Uh, original but completely timeless and i think you know batman's been around now for so long i think that that whole timelessness is something that's very important and how that how the show perfectly runs that 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 thin line to do everything right is is incredible even with even with the new design i think it, it turned out incredible
0: I think it helped the animators as well, because that's the whole reason behind the redesign. I was reading in a book called Batman Animated by Chip Kidd and uh, Paul Dini. Oh, it's a great book. Um, And because, obviously, they could... Making them streamlined, making them more hard black, hard white, made them much more um, easy to animate. So I actually think the animation may even have improved for the third season because of the simpler designs. But like you said, they didn't skim on the storytelling. It's every bit as deep, layered and textured as it's always been. And that's part of the marvel of the show. I mean, anyone who watches I Am The Night or, or listens on a regular basis knows Adam and I say that outside of the comics themselves, this show is the <laughs> best uh, version of Batman you can get anywhere mm. and I mean that not just with the animated series but with the Batman Adventures comics as well and with the news that they're finally collecting their first whole volume and specials in a mighty omnibus oh, nice. that might be something I need to save my money on because I've just got the individual floppies and um, oh, wow. some of those are worth a lot of money particularly Adventures 12 the first ever comics appearance of Harley Quinn mm-hmm. um, so Look out for that, listeners, readers, Batman Ominous Volume 1. If you've never read the Batman Adventures, you are missing out. It's every bit as good as the show. Every bit as good as the show. So um, let's, let's talk about the cast. I mean, again, as you know, you've heard a few episodes. Andrea Romano, the casting director, is a genius. She can get the biggest names of stage and screen to do bit parts. Case in point, The two of the um, uh, abduction victims that Calendar Girl kidnaps, um, one of them is Dennis Haysbert, who, just look up the name, a guy who's been on just about everything TV and movie-wise, but with real nerd cred for people like Brad and I, President Palmer in 24, and the Lord Almighty in Lucifer, for a bit part. The second bit part, Playing Donna Day, the fashion guru who was the first kidnapped victim, was the legendary Tippy Hedron, the star of the birds, wow. Golden Globe winner for that, and the star of Marnie, two classic Alfred Hitchcock films. And again, just those alone, but so many TV and movie appearances throughout the decades. Bit parts. Now, let's talk about Sailor Ward, who played Paige Monroe, the calendar girl. Uh, movie appearances with uh, the legendary. Tommy Lee Jones in Double Deputy and The Fugitive. She's in Day After Tomorrow, Gone Girl, the second Independence Day movie. She's do- Joe Danville in CSI in New York and Dana Mosier in FBI. I mean, she's been in house. One of these faces that as soon as you see her, oh, yeah, I know. I've seen her in everything. uh How do they do it? And again, the book alludes to the fact that once a few episodes of season one aired, um, Andrea Romano's phone was ringing off the hook. Hey, can I be in an episode of Batman the Animated Series? And with episodes like this, you can see why, right?
1: Tippy Hedron, that is yeah. a crazy get. Yeah. That's, that's, that's impressive. I mean, I and, and, straight away. yeah, and I, I love that she was able to get people like Jane Whedon uh, to, like, I know you talked about her in a past episode and it's like, that's, that's pretty, I always feel like they could do a book just on the cast. Uh, oh, you know, how, how, how <laughs> fun would that be? I mean, that would be people would just I think their jaws would drop. And yeah, yeah I, I, you know, and Dennis, my introduction to Dennis Heisberg was uh, President Palmer in 24 and, um, you know, Hell it's blown wonder. up since then. And, uh, you know, that's that's another I'm surprised that um, I, I didn't he's got such a memorable voice, Great but I'm voice. surprised that I didn't. So her, I heard. I, I thought
0: I know that voice, and I knew T- Tippi Hedren's voice as well. I didn't recognize Ward but she's got the perfect voice for the character. But mm.
1: wow, yeah, yeah, and she's another one. Look at look at that that lineup. That's yeah, she's yeah. We we need a book on the casting in uh, for this series
0: for sure. Let's hey, see. well, listen, I just have to go through my notes for every episode if I am the yep. night. It's all yeah. <laughs> michelle nichols untold legends have appeared in this show yeah Yeah. um so great episode Uh, again very poignant ending so when she's finally taken down and the beauty part is um her costume design is fantastic it's just a plain white featureless mask with the eye slits and um a one color costume which changes every time you you see her and We think because of her agent um, that it's because she's had too much surgery and she's completely disfigured. But by the end of the show, again, guys, if you haven't watched this episode, pause or stop the uh, episode of I Am The Night Now. Go watch it and come back because this is the ending. Um, There's nothing wrong with her physically. Her scars are on the inside and that that hit home, didn't it? Oh, yeah.
1: It kind of reminded me of the classic. By Light Zone episode, where uh, the woman gets her bandages taken off and she looks and she's beautiful, and all the doctors are the ones that look like creatures. That kind of it had a little bit of flashback Classic. to that in a way. Yeah. And, and uh, it just, it, yeah, it, it, it's another one of those moments that resonated and was like, oh, that's a very powerful point that this supposedly kid show. Is is making, and then that's, I, I really do like it when animation hits those moments uh, that you say, oh wow, there's something deeper going on. Um, it's why I like things like Robotech back when I was growing up. That there was a lot more under the surface, and this is the same way. Absolutely. And, uh, I think there was a lot of, of kids that came home and were like, oh wow, you know. It, I remember, and I I think this came out when I was in high school, and that was at a point when I wasn't collecting. And I would have friends who would say, "Oh, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. It's really good." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll get to it." You know, that was before the days of Blu-rays and things like that and streaming. But I, uh, I I think these things like that part in this episode are the reasons why people kept saying, "Oh, you have to watch this." It's it's what draws people in. It's that it's that that payoff that this is not just disposable entertainment. Absolutely. Like yeah. It's not junk food, it's it's a solid meal.
0: Oh, yeah, this is a la carte. This is mm-hmm. uh, Michelin star animation without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, did you have any um, lasting impact, anything you, that you took away from uh, the episode Mean Seasons as a whole?
1: I I think the lesson was basically, like you said, just the scars were in the inside. And how do we deal with with those internal scars and, and and the pressures that are put on on women to be constantly young and beautiful and uh, that uh, the, that that scene with the agent and her getting mm, fired just because definitely. she turned thirty well, what do you want me to do she turned thirty and that you think that as somebody who's past thirty you look back on that even <laughs> it's it's just a it, time it, ago and it's crazy that. Um, that 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 stuff still goes on, you know, but, um, but I think, I think that the lesson of the, like we're saying, the eternal scars and how kind of prophetic this episode was in those ways. I think, I think that's what I I take away with me in this episode.
0: Absolutely. Mine were more or less the same kind of thing. Again, our hive mind is, is a thing of pure power, but I also wanted to touch on the great little character interactions between uh, Tara Strong Tora Charandoff back in those days and Kevin Conroy where again he is Batman he's a great man but he's still a man and all he can see is oh she's a pretty girl and the way Batgirl takes him down to listen she was your age um old man when when this happened and a little character moments like that that add so much depth to the heroes that we know and love without taking away from them they're showing that they are still human beings infallible little things like that again elevate this show so much for me
1: I you know I'm glad you brought um Batgirl up because I think that uh and I I've watched a few episodes as well getting ready for this and it seemed like in the episodes that I watched Batgirl was more of the Robin type and I think that that almost works better than having the Robin things that she brought into it uh, and Mike, uh, you said a couple episodes back about how she's the actual brain because you know she becomes the the brain center for basically the whole DC universe, and maybe she's kind of manipulating—not manipulating Batman, but you know pulling more of the strings than you you may realize. And and she had my favorite line in the sh- the, the, the episode where she says, "Oh, you better run," or "Oh, you might want to run." Reminded me of. Uh, <laughs> of that the movie, Megan <laughs> and that, that little, got it. but um, yeah, I think, I think she's a great addition to, um to the series. Yeah. I, 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 I think that um, she, she does some of the heavy lifting because she yes. can kind of be the audience entrance into these, these batch of episodes. So yeah, I think she's extremely important and um probably some of the, the best interplay between those two characters I've seen, whether it's in movie animation, comics or whatever. So yeah, I think, yeah, that was,
0: that was definitely a highlight of the episode. It's just so strong, the writing, Shirley Walker's music, the voice casting, the, the Kevin Conroy need, nothing what? else need be said. Nothing else yeah, need be said. Yeah. Miss him every day. But um another strong strong entry into the batman the animated series canon so what else can we say yep, yep. not a bad one but, in the badge. yep there you go so <laughs> let's then tell everyone else out there watching listening where they can hear the voice powers of mr bad and read your work my friend
1: uh, you can find me um writing views news at DCComicsNews.com. uh Occasionally have some stories over at uh, Josh's other site, Mark um, with the Movie Blog. Uh, you can find me on the DC Comics News podcast and the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast when we do start re-recording it. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter, or X as it's called now, I guess, uh, FlickyB1.
0: Where can find you, Steve? Ugh, X. Ugh. Yeah never mind hey eh? and hopefully we'll have you back on an episode or five yeah, of I Am The Night it. as well yeah, so that would be something you really want to do thank you brother appreciate mm-hmm. it thank you. Uh, yeah, as for myself this show most weeks with my offspring who's out saving Bloodhaven at the moment but occasionally with the odd guest star as well like Brad or like last week with James Atias the uh, assistant editor over at Dark Knight News but you can catch this show the uh, main DC Comics News podcast the Harley Quinn cast when it comes back on Apple Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you, Good Pods, for rating us number one and number two across the comics universe. That was a wonderful surprise. And you can catch DC Comics News, Night Night News and Fantastic Universes on Twitter at DC Comics News, at DKNews.com and at Fan Universes. For myself, at Stevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. But until you do, this is bad for Licky he's the knight together we are the knight and this has been the i am the knight podcast read more comics and watch
1: more batman, batman. we <laughs> shall return